that's something like a conversation does, right? Is it produces ideas. And, and that's like part of what I love so much about um, teaching is that it's just like conversations, you know, it's it. Every critique is another conversation, all of... From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. Okay. So you had an uh, adventure getting here, huh? <laughs> yes, it was definitely an adventure. It was... Um, we left at about like 8 a.m. Uh-huh. We left at about 8 a.m. and then um, immediately it started snowing. And we got about 15 minutes down the road and realized that we were going to totally um, drive off the road. So then we <laughs> turned back around and just kind of waited it out. Actually, we didn't turn around. We just stayed where we were. Yeah. Luckily, where we were was a coffee shop. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was, it was perfect. Totally well, we haven't had any snow yet in New York. So it was oh. kind of nothing. I'm glad here. to give you some of ours. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> More than happy. Nice. So we're here with El Perez. And you're coming, you're up in Massachusetts, you're teaching. Yes. What are you teaching at? Teaching at Williams College, um, which is in Williamstown, Massachusetts. But I'm living in North Adams, Massachusetts, which is where uh, Mass Mocha is. Uh So it's pretty great. I've just been there since um, September, and it's been a total life adjustment. Yeah. Yeah, I'm from the Bronx. (laughs) And (laughs) moving to small town, Berkshires has been... um, just totally not what I'm used to. Yeah. Um, the snow, the the deer, the, <laughs> um, just that kind of just the kind of space mm-hmm. that is surrounding us, both um, conceptually and like the physical actual space mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that we are kind of finding ourselves in. So, but you come. You because you finished your MFA at yeah. Yale. Yeah. So congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal, a little bit, huh? It, it's strange. It feels like it almost didn't even happen. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like this blip that I'm like, did that actually happen? I think it did. I think that was two years of my life. But then, yeah, it's, it's two years. I mean, that's pretty quick. I mean, it's intense, it's though. I imagine very intense. Very intense. Yeah, yeah it's twelve. Um, you do essentially twelve one-hour critiques of your work in front of a panel of um, teachers and other visiting artists. Um, So, for example, one week you'll be in front of Ronnie Horn, and the next, uh, you know, five weeks from then you'll be in front of Lorna Simpson, and then five weeks from then you'll be in front of Jack Pearson. And um, sometimes people come back and will be on a panel again, so you start to have relationships with people. But um, you have to do that... 12 times in two years and every time Mm. you're expected to show significant progress in a new body of work and it's it's a lot of work it's a very intense Mm. period of time um i imagine there's a lot of opinions about contemporary photography (laughs) (laughs) what's going on and like that's just i think you know obviously I, i like being in that environment i don't like that intense intensity and kind of like i don't i'm you know to me it's I'm in photography all the time, but more Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the art stuff's kind of on the periphery and I do it and like there's not, you know, it's not my number one thing. It's not how I make Mm -hmm. money. I love it. It's my passion, Mm -hmm. but I keep it there. So to me, to, to, I always wonder like focusing on it a hundred percent or 125% or everything that you can give. I'm like, would I just lose 
every ounce of love that I have <laughs> for the medium. Did you find that or did you find you became more immersed in oh, it and more in love with it? So totally both. It was it was this roller coaster. I would um I remember like the first week that I was there, we would have um these incredible like five hour long classes with like Todd Papa George where he'd just be like, all right, today we're going over Robert Frank. You ready? Get in. And like, (laughs) it would be literally like five hours of Todd just flipping through slides and like talking about the work and talking about why this work is as monumental as it is. Um, And then, you know, the next day would be Tuesday and you'd have a crit and you'd feel totally bottomed out. Like you have no idea what Mm. you're doing. Like sometimes you'd been up for like hour, like, days (laughs) hours is kind of uh you know you've been up for days and so you're like who am i but also like actually who am i (laughs) i'm not awake right now and then you know on wednesdays we'd have a visiting artist and so you'd see this person who was you know um 15 20 years down the line in their Mm -hmm. career from where you were sitting right then and it would just be this incredible inspiring moment and so it was you know this really crazy roller coaster of just inspiration and total desperation like just in, in the span of like every 24 hours, it would just flip back and forth. Um, and then, you know, in the, in this like space of extreme privilege too, like mm-hmm. of Yale University. And so there's just this general feeling that I think actually everyone feels um, at Yale of like not really knowing if they're like supposed to be there and that like maybe, you know, someone's going to find out that they're not supposed mm. to be there and like kick them out. But, <laughs> you know, also that you're not taking full advantage of what you're supposed right. to be doing. Right. So it's like, oh, crap, I haven't like gone to every single lecture that's mm-hmm. offered or I haven't mm-hmm. like gone to all the libraries or I haven't like done these things that, um, you know, I feel like I should be doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, a completely incredible uh transformative experience mm-hmm. so so you're definitely a different photographer now yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> different artist yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah I'm so different um and I feel like a lot of the desperation um that I was feeling as a student then I've started to um like come kind of come full circle around um, with teaching and like mm-hmm. now like it's added this different layer to my photo education to or just to like this experience this really intense um, personal experience to then have to kind of turn around and within the space of like three months um, start telling other people like mm-hmm. what they should be looking at and mm-hmm. how they should be looking at it and you know how they should be approaching um something that ultimately is like very personal, which Mm -hmm. is their art. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that just flipped (laughs) everything. Um, And it actually became this kind of like regeneration of of my own like um, feelings about photography. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in some ways I've been using teaching to like answer some of the lingering questions that I have from my MFA, which Mm. maybe sounds like a little weird, but it's with good intentions, I swear. I want, I'm going to come back to that because I actually have, it was on your Tumblr and I got, I'm sure you see where I'm going. No, I'm not going to do that right now because okay. I want I want to like, I do want to talk about a couple of your projects. And the first one I want to do is, and this is, this is a body of work I, I think I, I'm very fond of. I think it's amazing, amazing, beautiful photos, the underground wrestling in the Bronx. So this is these 
beautiful black and white photographs of this like underground wrestling culture. And I just want to, this might be a little weird, but I'm going to read back something that uh, kind of how you mm-hmm. came about the, how you came about the project. And maybe you can correct this if this is outdated. Okay. But. Okay. So uh, I first heard about the underground entertainment wrestling scene in the Bronx after my cousin's wrestling persona added me on Facebook. I was like, what the hell is this? His wrestling persona <laughs> is from Canada, which is really mm-hmm. interesting when you think about what a Puerto Rican kid from the Bronx Bronx's ideal persona would be. Like here, that's what's exotic. I went to his show at a community center inside a housing development. You walk into the basketball court and there's a makeshift wrestling ring in the middle surrounded by all these people screaming for their favorite for their favorites and booing at the villains. It reminded me of underground punk shows when I was 14 or 15. Fantasy can take off running and you can be this version of yourself that somehow couldn't exist in the real world, you know? So like that's I think that's under pretty good uh, artist statement i don't know whenever you wrote that but like i mean on the artist statement it does i like it it finds the motivation yeah. it finds like the the, the personal connection yeah. to it and it gets you right there yeah. so what was it like kind of immersing yourself into that scene was it like how did they feel about you taking pictures yeah they loved it um <laughs> It's so funny. I feel like the theme is going to be desperation Um, (laughs) because I found that place Mm -hmm. um, and that community kind of in this moment of like extreme desperation. Um, It was I had like just started at Yale um, and my first critique had been, uh, you know, pretty like gutting uh one of the questions that was asked of me was like why do I even want to be an artist uh another question was another another statement was uh you know like yeah this is a great um program but we don't really get a lot of photojournalists Mm. and I was like I don't want to be a photojournalist (laughs) I think I want to be an I thought I wanted to be an artist up until you know maybe like 10 minutes ago (laughs) um and so I had you know these kind of questions running in my head and and I really wanted to um, find a solution for that. At the same time, I'd come off of another project, I think within about a year um, or about a year back, uh, I had done this project um, called Outliers mm-hmm. where I traveled like across the country and photographed um, gender nonconforming, transgender um, and gender queer um, people. And I had photographed I think somewhere in the realm of like 60 people mm-hmm. um, all in all. And it was it was a lot of emotional work. It had been, um, you know, a lot of research, a lot of finding people, a lot of really um, listening uh, and making sure that I was giving back enough to someone who, you know, wanted to lend me their image for you know, a, a project that was absolutely crucial to my development as an artist, but also, you know, ultimately kind of like a selfish pursuit, right? Um, and so I was exhausted <laughs> from from that project. Uh, and and I was looking for, for something where people wanted me to be around, where I didn't have to convince someone um, that I, you know, wasn't going to do um, something harmful with their image, um, which was a, a, a concern that I had um, had to kind of like assuade many a time, um, and rightfully so, when working with people um, who were concerned about their safety and how their image was going to be used. So, 
so Alex, my cousin Alex, um, he <laughs> his rec- his wrestling persona is um, Tank, uh, which is awesome. I love it. Uh, and he's physically, I mean, like a tank, so it makes sense. Um, and he he added me on Facebook as Tank, and I just remember like flipping through these pictures and thinking like, oh my god, this is where I need to go. <laughs> I just need to go. I just yeah. need to go. And actually, um, he didn't have, that was like about October, and he didn't have another uh, like match for about two weeks. And I actually had class during that time, but I like convinced my teacher um, that I didn't have to go to class, and I really had to go to this underground wrestling match, and it was only happening once, and I had this like crit, and like eventually she was just kind of like, all right, you do you. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I ended up there, and it, at first seemed um, like it was real. Like it just felt like there was such an energy in the air and I, and it felt almost, um, I was almost like shocked at how like violent it was. Oh, and really? then about like 10 minutes in, it started to, or not even 10 minutes, maybe just like three or four minutes in, I was like, oh, this is funny. Like this, it started to get like, humorous the, and it the, totally yeah, changed the theater of it it's like it's incredible yeah i mean it's all but they're scripting it just like wwe yeah. or whatever mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. yeah so they how scripted. do they i mean they rehearse and all this stuff before yeah. the show and yeah. they do all this stuff yeah. i mean do they sit down and have like script readings like how how right, crazy right, does right, it right, get you right. know so it's a lot a lot of the rehearsal is core uh is choreography mm-hmm. um a lot of it is figuring out how to use um new stylistic moves within a storyline um and the goal is to level up to um you know a big entertainment company like wwe right like that's that is the dream um and it kind of combines this this acting uh skill as well as a physical um a physical skill an real like acrobatics um and so that takes a lot of practice and so I mean, they practice every single day, which makes it great for photography. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because absolutely. you can count on it, right? Yeah. Like, so it would be like, okay, I can come down on like Mondays and Tuesdays and Saturdays and Sundays, and I know where to find you, and you'll all be in the same place, and you know, people show up, and and I would bring photographs back. Um, the first time I kind of got in on just being like uh, Alex's cousin, and then as that kind of um, as I started to produce more photographs, I would bring them back. And then eventually I started to have my own individual relationships with people um, that were photographic. Um, and so certain people liked being photographed more than others. And so I would kind of gravitate toward them. Certain people I felt produced better images and I would kind of go towards them. Um, but ultimately it, it, it was uh, just the, the best answer to... This problem that I had was, which was, I wanted to not feel like I was imposing um, my art on someone, right, right, right. Uh, and also kind of being this this uh, serendipitous. Um, so did you kind of thing. approach it as? I mean, I suppose like you approach it as a photographer, but it's not like I'm an artist doing an art yeah. project. Or was it like I'm a documentary photographer? Mm. Or were those <laughs> lines? Because I know you said about yeah. photojournalists. Because I think if you come in as a photojournalist, you'd be like, who are you shooting for? Well, no one yeah, really. Yeah. But if you're like, I'm doing a documentary, I mean, did any of that come up or did they just not care? You're like, yeah. the photographer's here, you know what I mean? Totally. Like, and like, that's all that matters, you know? Well, I think 
but they there was definitely exchange and the exchange was that they got photographs and um I would indulge uh, them and also do like headshots for them on the mm -hmm. side, things like that, mm -hmm. like to get people warmed up. And then mm -hmm. it'd be like, okay, now we're going to switch cameras and I'm going to take um, the photographs that I'm going to use in my crit like next mm -hmm. week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then an interesting thing happened. So I, I actually have never thought about myself as, as a photojournalist or as a documentary photographer, um, but a lot of other people have and have kind of put that label um, on me in a couple of different ways. And I think, you know, there are um, obvious correlations between some of the projects that I've done and, you know, documentaries. Um, so I, I definitely see that. Um, but I wasn't thinking about myself as someone who was making photographs kind of in this, you know, documentary pursuit or with the hopes of eventually becoming, um, you know, a, a photojournalist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and, and that started to really, um, wear on me after a while and and so what what happened with this project was that people believed the violence mm. um as reality so they would look at the pictures and say wow where did you find this really intense underground fight club in the bronx and so that triggered something in my brain where i was like that's really interesting it's interesting that you're looking at you know these pictures of these men and seeing it as violent or assuming that it's real um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the people that I was photographing, right? Um, it has to do with, you know, the, the, the public perception of black and Latino men um, who made up a, a, a pretty uh, vast majority of the people that I was photographing. Um, and so I was interested in that, in that flip. And that flip was then even further facilitated by taking the photographs in black and white. Right, 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 <laughs> right, exactly. I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah. It's like, was that, at what point did you make that choice? So the first time I photographed it, I photographed it in color, mm -hmm. and um, it was absolutely garish. I, the colors did not work um, at all to, to me, and so I just figured, you know, like, I'll just try it. I'll just try it in black and white. And I had also wanted... Um, to get a little techy, I had photographed with, you know, my first camera. I was just, like, trying to really find myself. So I was like, I'll go back to this camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll, like, go back to, like, Kodak Portra 400. Uh -huh. And it just looked awful. And I couldn't really get a good scan off of it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to switch up. So I switched up to... Um, you know, Mamiya 7 and black and white film is cheaper than color film. Um, and I could process it myself. So I said, okay, I'll do that. Um, and that black and white ended up being a really, I think, crucial choice um, because it increased the believability of the work. Mm. Um, people immediately just read it as true. Mm. <laughs> All of it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Which is ironic because it's less information than a color photograph. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. I know, but it's this funny thing about photography that we see an image in black and white and we can't really tell it's Photoshop, so we're like... It's real. It is more. In fact, in fact, yeah. it is more real than a color picture. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually, you know, the opposite. So I'm, uh -huh. I'm interested in, in that flip and in that conceptual, um, you know, accident or that. Um, uh, I can't find the word for that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it's just like the miss, the conceptual miss of that. So is this is this something? Is it an ongoing project, or have you like I'm done with this? I'm I'm, I'm wrapped it up and yeah. that, or yeah. you feel you're gonna go back? Well, I, 
I, I'm done with it for right now. Mm. I think I spent, I did what I needed to do there and then I kind of hit a wall. Um, and when I hit that wall, I put it down for a while and then um, I started shooting and, and then I, I actually started shooting it again with, um, but this time with a ring flash. Mm. Um, and the ring flash solved a lot of the 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 problems that were still um, lingering mm-hmm. uh, for me, like a lot of the lighting problems, um, a lot of the problems about texture. And so, you know, with those solutions, I was happy. Um, and I started to kind of want to do something else. Um, but still hold on to one of the things that I felt that I found, which was that that black and white um, as reality um accident right like that <laughs> right, right right that photographic phenomena uh-huh. um and and so then after doing that project i started photographing a couple other places um and the next thing that i did actually wasn't a fo- uh, wasn't a photo series but it was a, a short film oh wow <laughs> um and it's kind of currently in production but the film is wow. is photographed in uh black and white and then it inters- intersperses with this digital color world. Hmm. Um, and so that is, that was like a whole another level. But it had to do with that same fiction. Um, so how, how did you, like, have you done any video work before <laughs> no. that? Or were you just like, I'm going to jump in <laughs> yeah. and we're just going to do this? Yeah, yeah, it was very like, I'm just going to jump in and we're going to do this. Um, and we... We did it in two weeks. Um, it's still in post-production, but we, we filmed it in in two weeks over the course of maybe like three days. And it was just totally um, Do you know, What's the top? What's the, what's the side? You want to keep it under wraps? Is it going to be a No, surprise? I can, I can okay, have okay. a little bit of that. I can have a little bit of that. I would like to start owning it out in the world. <laughs> yeah. um, it's the title of the short film is Genesis, uh-huh. uh, which is actually the title character. Uh-huh. Um, and it's... A short film about two teenage lesbians in the Bronx who are um, who are dating and who are to not mince words trying to figure out how to have sex with each other. Um, and it takes you through um, the title character's kind of experience of figuring out her own body and then trying to figure out how to relate to her girlfriend's body. Um, and it was really fun to to make. It was fun to shoot. Um, and it, it also had that kind of play with, is this a documentary? Right, right. Is this totally fiction? I don't know. But somehow the um, our belief that the like film form is fiction right, right. <laughs> kind of then like played on the other end of what I had kind of found with the wrestlers, right. which was like, photog- if photography is truth and movies are fiction, <laughs> then like, where can I exist in the middle? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that's uh, what I was thinking about is like reality TV and like yeah. reality TV gets a huge, terrible rap, mm. right? I mean, it's cause obviously on the extremes of it, it is awful, Yeah. but like on the concept of it, right? Like there is something in there and like, yeah. it, it does seem to kind of like exist in that space of like, well, it is, it is real, but you once you put the camera on somebody, then it changes the, the dynamic. Yeah. But once you put a microphone and run it, so right. like it changes the dynamic. Right. But it is it is somewhere in between. And I, like I think about like reality TV or whatever reality yeah. documentary a lot, and it's 
I, I don't know. I think there's still an area in there that kind of like works. Yeah. So I don't, you know, it's it's, it's an interesting space, especially like yeah. I think these days on social media too, like the believability of like Periscope, right? Or like mm-hmm. you know, something like Periscope, you know, right there, or things that happen right away, and we believe it because it's like immediate or whatever, right, you know. Right, right. So I don't. I think there's a right. lot of room yeah. to be explored to explore in that territory. Yeah, yeah. My roommates staged a murder on Periscope right, to promote it. their horror film. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And they did it on Halloween. So it was like pretty intense, you know. But I knew huh. it was, you know, staged. You knew it was staged, but did yeah. other people on Periscope know? Well, no, I don't know. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was a little concerned about the. The police there. did not arrive for that. When they were uh, filming here, they showed up, though. Okay. What? Someone uh, called in the cops and said yeah. that uh, someone wielding a knife was holding several people hostage. What? They looked at the, they, the directors looked at the police report uh-huh. Uh-huh. and they like came with tasers ready. And were like, yeah, we were about to tase you. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of gnarly. Those are like, that's the first time bit. I heard about that. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, <laughs> I mean, incredible. that's a, They didn't get a permit. Yeah. They're a little bit on the street. So I told you we were going to circle back on something. Okay. And I was on your Tumblr, and it's Reflections on Teaching, yes. Undergraduate Photography for the first time. You had a whole oh, yeah. list of kind of like ideas, and there were a couple that really caught my attention. I just want to we'll read a couple of them. I think, okay. we'll, well, I think we'll gravitate towards a few here. So the first one is, intense looking leads to successful scene. Two, what do you want to look at with your camera? Three, what you want to look at is not what you want to think about. Your intellectual life feeds your artwork, but intellectualism without formal commitment and investigation does not make good art. I, I cherry pick. It's a whole long list. Yeah. I kind of yeah. cherry pick these. Don't you know? There's more to it than this. But um, successful photographs raise philosophic questions through formal decisions and strategies. Um, and this, the next one is the one I really kind of like. Your idiosyncrasies are the only thing you truly have, mm-hmm. and the only thing that will ever save you. I think that is just. Profound. beautiful and like <laughs> perfect and it's kind of like to me and it's something that comes up is like really following whatever that intuitive impulse so like when you saw that yeah. for your your you know your cousin uploaded it and like i have to go yeah and you don't know necessarily like why you have to go there what you mm-hmm. have to do but like mm-hmm. i have to be in this place and do it yeah. you know and i think like that's where those like your passions those idiosyncrasies yeah. come up and just following that internal voice and like you can never deconstruct that internal voice or like there's no theory around it there's nothing you can know the next day you can walk (laughs) out and see something and like all right i guess i might have to go over here and do this for whatever so i thought that was beautiful and the last one i have pictures are not people pictures are not reality pictures are not performances pictures are pictures (laughs) i think that's it we love this one because photo it's the photographs that's what matters is the photographs like look at the damn photograph you know so i thought it was it was interesting (laughs) reading all of those what what kind of prompted you to kind of make this come up and like put this into form you know i think it had just been kicking around my um my brain we had just finished our final crits and so i had just spent probably about like 12 hours talking with um you know the students and kind of there were certain things that were just coming up again and again and again i knew that i wanted to get them down in some form that would be uh, probably not the neatest thing in the world because that's just not mm-hmm. how i think and i'm very into um messy thinking being mm-hmm. out in the open um and 
so <laughs> so that's kind of where that where that came from. I had just been saying form like again and again and again to the point where my students were like, okay, we get it, yes, form. Right. Um, and and I think it also had something to do with what I what I was talking about earlier when I I had questions about mm-hmm. photography after finishing you know all of this school, um, and I knew that my friends who were my peers, um, also had questions about, um, you know, these things. And, and I think that as photographers, right, we, we become so identified with the tools that we're using. Um, and we were even doing it like earlier before on the couch when we were talking (laughs) about, you know, the Mamiya seven versus like the Sony versus like the Nikon. And it's almost like picking sides or picking teams or saying (laughs) something like really, um, you know, deep, like it, Mm -hmm. it means a lot, right. To like Mm -hmm. switch, from a Mamiya to right, something else, right. you know, it means that you've not only, um, you know, made a formal decision, but you've gone, you've undergone some kind of like sea change, mm-hmm. um, in your work that's prompted that. So, you know, I felt, I just wanted to kind of get those, those thoughts down mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, and, and so it was in a way kind of a culmination of, of not only like my students, but I felt like um, had come up again and again and was helpful for my students, but also it was helpful for me, um, Mm -hmm. to think about Mm -hmm. as I kind of am in this space of like embarking on new projects. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was the peep, you know, like day job keeps me pretty immersed in the world of gear, but like, there's always the one thing that always like gets and grinds away at me. And sometimes when I see like normally editorial photographers will like young students will ask like, well, what camera are you using? And they go out on this huge, obnoxious rant about it's not the camera it doesn't matter it's like this but like it does matter it does. It because does like the matter. pictures that you take with a four yeah. by five is different than you're gonna take with your photo and like yeah. it doesn't make like the project or the photo like beautiful thing but like it, it is an important well, choice there's know? a yeah. distinction between mm-hmm. having the best thing mm-hmm. and then having the best thing for, for you yeah, and right. what you're trying to right. do right that's a big difference. And I feel like a lot of people are just out there like, what's the best thing? I right. want to be as good as you. Right. Hmm. Well, like, yeah, well, the, 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 obviously the camera will never create the vision or what have you. So I think there is, you know, it, it, there always has to be that kind of dynamic. Of, yeah. Like, it has to be the marriage yeah. of the technology yeah. and the ideas and the person totally. and, like, what totally. have you. But, like, totally. you know, I, I don't get obsessed with, like, the gear or whatever it is. But another time it's, like, it kind of goes back to what you're saying. Like, the pictures are the pictures. And I think yeah. that's, I, I wonder if you kind of see that at this, like you've been at the highest level of the MFAs mm. and where it's like the ideas and like, you know, the politics and all these sort of things like that. If you're not in that area, like forget it. Why are you even bothering being an artist? But on the other end, you have a lot of, you know, I think sometimes the devaluation of the actual photograph. Mm. And it's like, I like looking at photographs. Mm. It doesn't matter how many are out in the world. Yeah. Put them in a book and put them with a good day. Yeah. I'm just going to like, looking at the photograph. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't know. I think there's 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 always just going to be that. It's a beautiful, yeah. it's, a, it's a nice photograph. Yeah. I don't want to say it's a beautiful photograph <laughs> because that gets loaded, but, like, mm-hmm. it's a nice photograph. There's yeah. something to the photograph. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm okay with beauty, though. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with beauty because, um, and this is, like, something else that I think about a lot, Well, I have so many responses (laughs) to, um, you know, a lot of the things that you just said. The first one is that I think that because we are in this 
period of time where photographs are being used and being used both like, and I don't mean this pejoratively, but being used like recklessly <laughs> and being used like, you know, really seriously and being used by artists and being used by people who um, are artists but wouldn't call them, wouldn't like ever call themselves photographers, mm -hmm. you know, and then there are people who are like, well, I consider myself a photographer. Um, and for me, it's kind of been really interesting because I've, I've been thinking a lot about the frameworks that um, make up photography right now, right? Mm. Like, uh, especially with having to um, come up with like a rubric for like how to even grade. Like I was like, mm. oh, I had a grade. <laughs> um, and yeah. so, you know, it made me really think about the difference between something like editorial photography um, and contemporary art mm -hmm. uh, and also then photojournalism mm. um, and the kind of different um, rubrics that are at play in each of those, right? Mm -hmm. So if photojournalism is about a unaltered truth, but contemporary art is about pushing a boundary, mm -hmm. you know, and um, editorial photography is about um, really capturing the essence of a moment mm -hmm. um, or a person, then like you have, I don't know, where do you want to be? But, yeah, yeah. but also we've seen so many, I'm sure we could all sit here and brainstorm people who seem to transcend all of the above, right? Right. right. Um, so I feel like there's it's this really interesting moment that just makes it so ripe mm. for working in photography. It's actually very exciting. Mm. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I told 100%. I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't exciting. And totally. I didn't find, like, I don't, like, you know, I guess sometimes you feel like yeah. it's you know, still not... Yeah, the high level of art, art, but I, I completely disagree with that. I think mm. it's one of the most interesting, mm. exciting, intellectually stimulating yeah. mediums. And like, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that sculpture or painting isn't, can't be like mind blowing and brilliant. It's not totally. like a competition of it. It's just like in terms of the way I want to right. explore is like through this medium, yeah. and that opens up a lot of different ideas and personalities, yeah. and 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 those things to me. So, yeah, I think it's it's. Maybe that's part of, and I don't want to bring the internet in this, but it kind of like the mm. decentralization, like not yeah. like more horizontal, this higher, like it just annoys me when there's always like this hierarchical kind of mm. element to mm. pitting things against each yeah. other together. And it's like, it doesn't. Yeah. Like, what's what? the ultimate photo book list? Yeah. What's the ultimate <laughs> oh, photo gotcha. book list? Like, <laughs> which is. You know, yeah. a hazardous, completely hazardous thing to ever try to do. Oh my god, I, I would never put a list on the internet, but uh, I also think that no lists. No, I'm not, I'm against lists. Yeah, yeah but no, at the same time, right? We still have to. It's just yeah. like a human need to quantify. Right. <laughs> so like, we're always gonna want to yeah. put that list out, but even yeah. though we know the the havoc that something like a list can wreak on the internet, um, and I think I've seen less lists, or maybe my Facebook. It's just less full of them. Right. I don't know. I, actually, that's something interesting, too. I don't know if there are less lists on the Internet or if the algorithms have just determined that I don't want to see yeah, them. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, we try, like, uh, you know, it came up, we try, you know, like I said, we... I don't make lists, but then you can come back and it's like, well, there's a list of guests and there's a list right. of books. Right, I was just thinking, I was so like, this is like, kind of a list. It is a list. And We're it's living like, in a list. We, yeah. we totally, like, I don't ignore it and we think about it. And, yeah. you know, one of the things I kind of like about our photo book list is yeah. like, I'm not in control of it. Mm. It's always is dependent. Mm. You could bring whatever right. you want to bring. Right. Right. I don't right. put right. any parameters around right. it. So to me, it feels like more of a collaborative yeah. list, maybe. So on that note, we're gonna take a quick break <laughs> and see the list of books that you brought to discuss. Cool.
finding where you find the projects or what have you, it's like, it does, I mean, it's, yeah. you're lucky that I guess that maybe, and that's what I think about like the formal education is like mm. you get your ass kicked right away and on that. And it's like, to yeah. me, it takes, it took me like many, many years of just self. Self-ass kicking. Self-ass kicking and learning, but like there isn't, maybe there wasn't that level of ass kicking I needed, but I kind of like feel like I eventually figured it out. I was like, no. I'm pretty okay with my way of working. I know where it fits in. And, like, yeah. I don't – I'm not a guy who's going to, like, I don't – why – like, yeah. if I'm on Long Island, I'm not going to – I'm not yeah. going to make portraits. And I know why I'm not going to make hmm. portraits because I don't want to do this survey of people right, who live right. in Long Island and, like – Portraits are very out right now. Try – oh, really? <laughs> I feel like it. Oh, no, that's no, interesting. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, you totally should say that. Why? I'm interested And now in portraits are uh, back in. <laughs> why are they out? Why are they out? I love it because I, I think – I think about yeah. portraiture a lot and, like, totally. I don't – I like it. What I always say about mm-hmm. portraits, like, I love it in yeah. the aggregate. Like, the mm. whole, you bring a whole mix of it. I like this portrait from this person, yeah. this one from that person. But when it starts, like, here's this person, this, this photographer is, like, yeah. 40 portraits of whatever, I'm kind of like – but there's yeah. a celebrity in this one. But even it's like the but more the stuff that bugs me more is really the documentary type of portraits where right. there's somebody's in a project yeah. and there's like nine people in it and these nine portraits mm-hmm. of this small town or yeah. this place. And it's like, how did you so here's the problem. First you're out out there and you gotta choose, I'm gonna take a portrait of that person. What drew you to that person? Okay. Something the way they look. Okay, yeah. there's a problem there right yeah. away. Now you have to take all of these portraits, and then you have all these portraits. And now you got to select the yeah. best ones. There's another huge problem. Why? Because like why? Because now it's like you have to like this. Why? What is the criteria for choosing this? This person is yeah. like representative of this area, or this place, uh-huh. or it's like a beautiful photograph, right. or. There's some sort of mystery yeah. to the, like who the person yeah. is. Yeah. But Brian, don't you select the guests for their show? Totally. But also, totally. pictures aren't people. Right. There and you pictures go. aren't. Yeah. I know. I. Oh my god, it's so lame to quote myself. But pictures aren't people, and also pictures aren't reality. Right. And I think that you were, you're act. You actually hit it right on the mark when you were like, you know, first I have to pick this person because of how I like how I like the way that they look. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, yeah, right. <laughs> that's what you do. And yeah. I and I actually don't think that is a problem I think that we've we feel bad about it mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. then we like just don't then we just photograph everyone right or something like that or it's right. like you know and and I think that there's certain instances in which um you know photography right is inherently about surfaces and so mm-hmm. certain people have more interesting surfaces depending on what you're interested in right so mm-hmm. if you're interested in um you know looking at at people who have very artificial surfaces or if you're looking at people who you think have more um this is a really problematic word what mm-hmm. what whatever um authentic surfaces mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that or like more um actually i'm not i mean i'm gonna throw that word away oh um <laughs> Not authentic, but what I think we think of as authentic, which is a more like weathered surface, right. you know, things like that. And and I think that we kind of feel bad about it. And I think that people are also scared because portraits can talk back at this point. Mm. Um, so, you know, and you see it um, with occasionally, right, like Lightbox or something will try and find like the picture. Who, like they tried, mm. they found the girl who's in the Robert Frank elevator yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, I don't remember that picture being taken of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And they're like, but th- this moment, this yeah. defining <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah, and she was yeah. like, I don't remember. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, 
you know, or, or, and I think that there's all these types of like hunts for people because we want to know, right. We think that that moment, because it was a photograph is this beautiful or transcendental moment. And it must've been felt right Mm, uh (laughs) in its moment of creation, Mm -hmm. but often it's just a picture. Right. Um, right. That's a good point. Maybe I should start taking pictures of portraits in Long Island. Oh, they'll be back in like two years. (laughs) (laughs) Once we start missing them. Well, now will I, so my, my escape road on all that is like the formal aspect. I just don't know how to make the portrait. Right. Like Mm. I do it straight on with them. Do you do the environmental? I don't know. A lot of, (laughs) a lot of different choices to make there. Doesn't matter. Just do them all the same way. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know about that either. I'm you kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, let's get to the let's get to the juice here. What do we got here? So paper save. Yes. Like illuminate us. What's okay. uh, I, I know I've heard it. I know I've seen it across, but I can't like I couldn't rattle off like who's publishing this and why and what. Happened. Yeah. Um. So paper safe is a project of um, Cat Labs that is run by Trevor Powers. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I think one other person. Who's- um, we'll pull it out to see. Oh, Cat Labs is Trevor Powers, Jocelyn Wright. Yeah, Jocelyn Wright, probably, huh? Mm, no, no, I think. Oh, Jocelyn Wright. Yeah, yeah, Jocelyn Wright. Sorry, not Jacqueline Wright. Jacqueline Wright. Oh, Jacqueline Wright. Sorry. Wait, is oh, it what it I don't know. It, is ja- it looks like Jacqueline from here. Okay, well, hold on. Don't count on me to pronounce the name correctly. <laughs> I think Omar. Can we totally strike that off? Yeah, 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 we can do that. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm like a surgeon with a slice person. tool, unless I forget. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find this gaping silence. It will be pretty obvious. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so Paper Safe is a project by Cat Labs, um, and it is kind of managed by Trevor Powers and Trevor um, invites um, artists to um, submit film-based work to this publication. Um, and it's it's beautifully bound. Um, mm-hmm. The paper is incredible. Um, and it's just like a really nice, I think one of the best productions of photography um, or re- reproductions of mm-hmm. photography in like a, a manageable buyable, you know, easily affordable form. Um, I think it's like 30 bucks or something um, generally. And so he invited myself and Jacqueline Wright um, to each kind of take um, one side of their September issue and true to September issue forms. It's like, I think it's like a hundred pages or something. It's like twice the size of its normal um, length. Uh, And my section is called Across a Wild Sea. and it features photographs by a lot of people that I've just found myself looking at again and again. Um, so like Farah Al-Kasimi, um, King Texas, who's actually an Instagram photographer, yeah. uh, or I guess, well, he's one of those photographers who's, he's a photographer, but he's also very well known on Instagram. Mm-hmm. He has like mm-hmm. something like 80,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way that a lot of people come to his work. Mm-hmm. So I just found that also very fascinating. Um, David Alahugi, um, Hunter Jaffe, Adeline Lulo, Genesis Baez, and uh, Mary Kim and Paolo Morales. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I kind of put all of their work together, um, it it seemed to talk a lot about globalization mm-hmm. um, and also about just kind of the way that we are coming to America um, returning to places that we're, we're from or that our families are from, um, and, and also just living, um, 
living life. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of portraiture in it. And mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> as well as um, some quieter landscapes and then mm -hmm. some, some photographs that look like landscapes, um, like one of Farah's that I love, which is um, this image of a wallpapered palm tree beach scene that she had up in her dorm room when she um, was really sad uh, during college <laughs> and it was cold and, and wintry outside and mm -hmm. you can see the scenes um, in the fantasy and I just I absolutely love that um, yeah I think I mean you know I did we did the I did a magazine for a while too and I think mm -hmm. photo magazines and I just recently wrote about this. People, well, why did you stop? And I was like, I had no vision for this. It was huh. like basically the magazine is based on yeah. my aesthetics, what I like. Yeah. And like to me, that's utter bullshit. Yeah. Like who cares what <laughs> I just – stuff I randomly yeah. like. I was like, I have no purpose behind this. I don't see any purpose behind like some – especially like some – Dude, who wants to like? Because I'm like, he likes this stuff. He likes. He finds on there, and I'm like, there's nothing there. Mm. So like, to me, if I was gonna do a magazine, it's like it has to have a purpose. Like I was yeah. in a Pete Brook prison photography, or right, like right, right. exploring a very specific region or something mm -hmm, along those. Mm -hmm, where it's like mm -hmm. not just like, oh, here's aesthetically stuff. I <laughs> think stuff is I like, like. <laughs> I like you know foam. You know, yeah. like, aperture is whatever. Right? I think aperture is in this weird space where. I don't know. Like the magazine is mm. kind of like, do we need that type of magazine these huh. days? And I think about that a lot. I like foam because they mess with yeah. the form, yeah, the format, yeah. and they kind of like they play with that and they're they're rec they they're you know cognizant. Maybe aperture still acts as kind of this like you know all the stuff goes out and they kind of mm. sift and like here's you know. But then again, you're going back to those hierarchies. It's yeah. like they give the validation or whatever. So I don't huh. know. Like to me, magazine photo magazines, huh. I think like. They have to be small and niche, like yeah. you know, something like that, and they have to have a specific yeah. kind of like purpose to them. It's like those more of like going back to what I my magazine is like, just based on stuff you like. It doesn't really doesn't really flow, but this is nice. This is really beautiful made, and I think that's important too. Yeah, like yeah, like the the texture of it, the paper, and those sort of things. So it is a very cool magazine. How did you find the selection process for finding the photographers? Oh, it was totally easy. I mean, it was it was just everyone mm -hmm. who um, I had been finding myself kind of returning to again and again. Um, people who either I have very personal relationships with, or um, or who I just kind of admire from afar. Um, and so that's that's kind of I didn't I didn't really stress out too much about yeah. it. And then I just looked at the pictures for a while and figured out exactly what right. drew me to them and what themes they were all kind of um, touching upon mm -hmm. as a group. Um, so it wasn't necessarily that I knew that I wanted to edit. A, I knew that my section was going to be about like globalization right, right, and like right, contemporary right. colonialism. Mm -hmm. but, um, but then when I kind of looked at all the pictures or looked at the bodies of work that people were kind of engaging with, um, I found those patterns. So do you there. think you, th like these days, most photographers are teachers and hmm. they make their photography and their editors are making magazines or they have their own independent publishing. Do you see yeah. yourself going down that path of doing more editing, doing mm, more magazines yeah. or like stuff like that, getting into it? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting question, right? Cause, um, 
It's an interesting question. I feel like I kind of hit the lottery with this teaching thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, I definitely did. Mm-hmm. And, and that is giving me time to kind of figure that out a lot. I've always curated stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've curated exhibitions before. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a while I had a Tumblr that was like kind of a curatorial project. Mm. And, and that um, has always been something that I've felt really interested in. Um, but I also find that I have to be careful because sometimes um, I'll run out of steam on an idea um, through just finding it elsewhere mm-hmm. right, <laughs> as right. opposed to doing like my own thing about it. Right. So that that um, is somewhere where I kind of have no, have started to pull back and just be more careful mm-hmm. and kind of reserve that energy like for my own work. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, that's interesting. I could yeah, very yeah. easily just be a curator. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah, just, no, I mean, I think that, yeah, that dynamic. I mean, I, yeah. damn, I mean, I'm right in there all the time. It was like mm. doing most of the stuff. I do yeah. the podcast, I do this. And it's like, well, really, like, <laughs> my primary thing is, like, I go out and make photographs. If you yeah. ask me the thing, yeah. if I had what it was, like, I would go out and make photographs. Yeah. I don't give a rip whether, like, that's what you know me for or for yeah. whatever, but, like, that's yeah. my primary impulse. Yeah. So I think there is... And, yeah. and especially about the energy and the mental kind yeah. of like stamina you yeah. need to actually go out and make photographs. Yeah. It's, it's a problem. <laughs> and like it's a common problem because, hmm. you know, obviously it's it's hard to make a living at doing this stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, the yeah. in. So the next one we have is uh, Maura Davey, mm-hmm. Burn the Diaries. So mm-hmm. she, she puts out a lot of different types of work. Yeah. Like we were gonna have her in the photographer sketchbook. She didn't didn't come together for whatever reason. But like that's when I first encountered her work, and I was like, Yeah, she's just a very diverse kind of like yeah. conceptual yeah. photographer, and she works. Well, tell me about this book. Well, I I came to that book mm-hmm. um, because of the again the grad school desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, Moira Davy had a incredible interview in bomb a couple of months ago mm. or maybe it was years no, ago maybe it was a couple i remember that i think it was remember, a couple you know maybe it was like yeah it was like a couple years it was ago like an, i think it was a couple years ago and i had i had found we're this, talking internet time right so it could have been that yeah, could have been, been like no it's yeah, february three weeks ago, exactly, exactly. Um, but i do remember i'll dig it up and I'll, I'll link to it somewhere yeah she had this incredible mm. interview and i i had never um looked at her work before um but I read this interview with her and she just managed to nail kind of exactly how I was feeling in this moment and and I felt that her language was so beautiful and I was really curious about her work and the way that it was a lot of imagery that felt incredibly personal but Mm -hmm. also went through a process right like this is um has a number of plates that are, I think, the the, the photographs that she's mailed um, mm. to uh, her collaborator, and and just like the life that those pictures have, um, made me just kind of really fall in love with her as a writer and an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and the name of the book is called "Burn the Diaries." Yeah. I don't think we're <laughs> So it's a mix of tab. I'm imagining it's mm-hmm. her diaries, right? Or who there's she well, with? I think it's Anne. Um, I'm really bad with names, just generally. Oh, yeah, me and you both. <laughs> so, I'm like, I know her first what? name's Anne, Anne and I can't. Burn the diaries. Burn the diaries. 
Maybe it's at the back here, huh? Yeah, I think it's on the pictures, actually. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. oh Allison Strayer, not uh -huh. Anne at all. Mm -hmm. um, and Allison Strayer is a writer. Um, and there's a number of thoughts kind of just interspersed with photographs. Mm -hmm. So talking about, you know, someone like Janae, another writer. Um, this actually talks a lot about Janae. Um, and then there will be like a beautiful plate. And, and I think that it's funny because... I came to Maura Davey because of what she was saying, but I mm -hmm. stayed, I think, because of the pictures and because of the imprints and mm -hmm. the the ways that the reproductions are then, um, like the, the, the reproductions of the photographs, but also like the ways that she's reproducing these, these moments and these impressions um, and how that kind of relates to to writing or mm. to thinking, really. I think of it more, I think of Maura Davey, like more as a thinker. Mm. <laughs> right, yeah. I, mean, you gotta, I remember going <laughs> yeah, to I her, know. I do remember going to her her site, like I think maybe it was probably that too. At yeah. whatever point, whether it's for my book or after the interview, and like like the diversity of her projects, and it's all yeah. each one, it's like, huh, like yeah. that idea, and you go through and like, um, there's one on, she did something on the subway, right, where she's like, a lot of times she does so. something to like the surface of the pictures afterwards, mm. like writes mm -hmm. on them, and there's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. text on mm -hmm. them, mm -hmm. or like there's tape or things like this. So you get mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. like feeling that she's you handled the photographs mm -hmm. or done mm -hmm. something with them where they're not shiny. Yeah. There's an intervention to it, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that was that that was kind of like what, what I was drawn to, anyways. Yeah, yeah. And she quotes people like. Um, she quotes people like Irv Goubert, who um, is another photographer and a writer who um, I think made a living as a photography critic. I'm probably wrong about that. Mm -hmm. um, but what I've encountered from him was this incredible show that he had at Calicoon, I think, in 2014, which was just maybe like 40 black and white prints on a wall. And I don't know if, any, I don't know if you saw that, but it mm -hmm. was incredibly devastating um and he died relatively early i think at 30 like really mm. young like 34 mm. of aids mm -hmm. um or of hiv i mm -hmm. well never mind but um complications from from hiv and so he uh left behind this incredible body of work and 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 he was also a writer and so he has um a collection of his of his writings called um, Mausoleum of Lovers. Mm -hmm. and it's this super thick, like four hundred and fifty page book that's just like filled with just musings about like life and death and photography. And and so she'll quote someone like like him, mm -hmm. um, he, like here, and then you know jump to talking about like dog shitting, um, <laughs> right, talk, right. you know, and then jump yeah. to someone like. Um, you know, talking about this this person Jennifer and how they're drinking coffee and mm -hmm. you know and and you know her form and how she's falling asleep, you know, and so it's kind of this like beautiful kind of it is weaving every yeah all the yeah. different narratives that you have in your life. Yeah, you know? it's a good, good book. So we'll uh, we're gonna go to the the next one here. Yes, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I keep something that was like ringing in my head. It was yeah, just from something you said earlier hmm. was like the it was like the messiness of the conversation, the messiness yeah. of the dialogue <laughs> of of talking about the work. Mm -hmm. And it really it's just it's been sticking in there. It's like it's so the essence of kind of 
what we were sitting here and doing yeah. and what I like. Yeah. I'm trying to talk about yeah. the books and you yeah. don't, out of your head, you only have so many things you can pull right. as references. Right, right, And it really, you, you end up like reaching these things and yeah. trying to kind of like synthesize it in the moment that it's, hopefully it makes for interesting listening. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it's but interesting it's, how, I, I think it's, I don't know if it makes for good listening, but <laughs> I think that, um, you know, one of the things that, that's something like a conversation does, right? Is it mm. produces ideas. And, and that's like part of what I love so much about um, teaching is mm. that it's just like conversations, you know, mm. it's, it, it, every critique is another conversation. All of, um, I actually don't even lecture anymore. I just prefer to have like the work and um, up on the screen. And then we talk about it mm -hmm. as a group of, of artists trying to understand. And that actually I find produces better photographers than mm -hmm. me just flipping through like the greatest hits. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you just zone out. If you're not talking, you're not learning. And so mm -hmm. that I think... You know, that's that's maybe where this this is feeling. Yeah, hundred really percent. I mean, really, like the thing, like I, we went over this in the the bonus thing I was talking about. Yeah. Like my impetus for doing this was like I was kind hmm. of going down this path of being a writer and writing yeah. essays and trying to like well reviewing books or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I can't. I don't. This isn't interesting to me because it's so final. It's like in this essay yeah. form, this is what I have to say about it. And it's not, yeah. there isn't the dialogue. Yeah. And I was like, the most interesting <laughs> ideas always come out in the conversation I had with other photographers. We're yeah. sitting around yeah. having beers or like yeah. drinking coffee or whatever. Yeah. And you're talking about mm -hmm. what the the book or the photographs make you feel and what they make you think and where the ideas come. And yeah. I think like that, you know, they, we talk about the dialogue mm -hmm. all the time or whatever, but it is important and I like that yeah. on the podcast it is a little messy it can go long <laughs> and like some of it's not that interesting yeah. and like it's the type of thing where it's like you don't have to hang on every word but you might pick up a part of the conversation or an idea mm -hmm. in there and then it like it lights a fire mm -hmm. just like you were saying about the messiness of conversations mm -hmm. it's like gnawing in my yeah. head so anyways next book <laughs> I had to get that out I just <laughs> It was kind of like I just like that yeah. verbal diarrhea of like this idea in my head that you no, said. No, I'm into it. I'm into so Larry Fink. Yeah. And this is a, it's a fading book. Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's kind of like the best of Larry Fink. One of those yeah. like, yeah. those books. And you have to be really good to have like. Like a best the, the of. Best of where I can just take a lot of my good, you got to have a lot of good pictures to just throw yeah. into a book of your good pictures. I you love know? it. Yeah. You know? And it's one of those books, you know, like I think it's. Yeah. Everyone pops and it's different. He, so he puts the captions. Oh God, I love it. He yeah, these captions on every single one. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are Lori. Um, these are um, Lori. Yeah, these are Lori Dalberg's captions. I think. Oh, so this is okay. Her talking about his photographs, ah. I believe. But it, it does have a lot of the the um, the discussion of of what. Um, either is going on in the scene or what assignment he was on, et cetera, et cetera. And, and actually my, um, one of my best friends, uh, gave me this book, um, for my birthday. Nope. For Christmas. Uh, and Paula, Paula Morales, who's another photographer, um, who I've known since I was 15. And so, you know, because we've known each other for like 11 years at this point he knows me in this really like intense way where he mm -hmm. occasionally he'll just give me a book that is 
everything that I've been thinking about or mm-hmm. is the solution to a problem right, um, that right. I've been having or right. is sometimes and sometimes it's not a solution that I'm necessarily ready for either. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, he's basically like a sibling at this point. <laughs> so he kind of knows what to do. Mm-hmm. And so this was a book that I'm pretty sure he gave me for Christmas and and I, I wasn't ready then for the Larry Fink comparison, but actually mm-hmm. um, I came back to it a couple months later and I read through Larry's, um, Larry's like introduction of, um, of, Larry, of Larry Fink and kind of how he is this person who defies these categories of strictly documentary or editorial or photojournalism or contemporary, you know, or art. And, and also had both, you know, a political agenda, but also didn't, um, and also was kind of really interested in just seeing what was out there. And so he had this kind of insatiable, uh, desire to look, Mm -hmm. um, and also just an incredible formal eye, right? Like the, the way that he uses the tool of the camera Mm -hmm. is incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, and with every picture, there's this sense of formal invention Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, is just enlightening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, it's like, he's one of those photographers that, like, who doesn't like Larry Fink? I don't know, I kind of want to say that. It's like, you hear it forever, you know, like, yeah. a lot of Larry Fink, you'll be like, if people make their lists of photographers, Larry Fink a lot, like, piano a lot. Does yeah. he do the, what, he does, like, the, um, what is the thing he shoots for, like, New York Magazine? He does it, like, oh, every single know. year? Is it, like, it's some, I'm missing, I don't know. Somebody, some, some listener. But I believe it. I believe Screaming it. Screaming at us right now. Yeah. No, totally. it's like the Oscars. No, he shoots like the Oscars or something like that, right? Or one of those like celebrity, like celebrity kind of like. Uh, I don't know the, the answer, but I completely believe. No, you. not red carpet. Like the behind the scenes, the parties, like every probably year, like, the uh, Oscar. Parties. Probably. Like that Fink. sounds exactly yeah. like yeah. Larry Fink. Yeah. And if he doesn't sure, do yes. it already, he should do it. Yes, I'm almost hundred. <laughs> I think we got it. I think it's like he shoots like. The after um, Oscar like parties and stuff like okay. that. Okay. Every year it's a slideshow in like New York Magazine or something. Yeah. I hope, hope <laughs> to God I got that. Right. <laughs> like, no. And if not, it's, it's a recommendation. Not, a, yeah, new job. Yeah. <laughs> new he, job for Larry Fink. He's yeah. the master of that off-camera flash style. Oh, yeah, I know. So, yeah. I know. It's, it's, so I, it's either the Oscars or it's some. It is very like high society kind of yeah. thing. Celebrities yeah. and it's like yeah. you look at these black and white celebrity photos and it's like bang, you know. But yeah, he's uh, everything you said. I, I'm kind of contemplating maybe I should read one of these. Should yeah, I or not? Yeah, yeah go maybe for the it. Ones that you, uh, oh, yeah. I'm not going to give away the picture. I feel like that's, I feel it will. You'll have to go to our Tumblr you will to see the to picture. It's blog.lpvshow.com. And if you listen to the show, you know where to find the pictures. So this is from September 1996. It's Sante de and Carrie Young's wedding, New York City. While Fink cannot be said to be a photographer who emphasizes geometric relationships within the picture above other concerns, he often composes the content of his frame to exploit the natural geometric power of the square. This picture is organized on a strong diagonal that reaches from corner to corner. The sensuous, undulating play of limbs is punctuated at dead center by the circular form of the man's hand, the navel of the image. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't, maybe that wasn't the best one. <laughs> it's very true. You know what I'm saying? It is true. Like, I read it, and it's like one of those things of deconstructing the image that I want to hear, but as reading it, I don't know. That's the first navel analogy I think I've yeah, ever that- heard. <laughs> The navel of the image. <laughs> oh, wait, here's this one, would be good. So, this is June 1996, Elaine's yeah. New York City. 
Sorry. They're getting it, Tom. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so although although Fink has worked frequently for fashion houses over the years, he is more than willing to criticize the vanity and decadence he associates with the industry. In fact, his employers have usually sought him out expressly for his edgy, antagonistic view of glamour. Mm -hmm. He has shot fashion both straight, without intervention or manipulation, and and as a staged tableau, as in this photograph. Here he chooses Brassad's favorite strategy of doubling the scene in a mirror, which in this case artificially replicates a group of people who are already monotonously interchangeable in their beauty and glamour. It is. God, that's like, way harsh. <laughs> but that's great. It is great. No, I like these. I kind of want to read. I got to get this book, I think. I like the writing. I do like thinking about it that way. But I think it's what I'd like is the Brassai reference because I wonder yeah. if he was thinking like, I'm going to make a Brassai photograph here. Oh, or if he was just not. like, Definitely it's not. so embedded. Subconsciously. But don't you ever feel that like you see something and say, okay, you're going to kind of do this thing or whatever it is. You know, you know, you know who you're kind of referencing. Yeah, I worry about it all the time, actually. <laughs> I worry about it because I... I look at my friend's mm-hmm. art. Like, I'm not that worried about, like, ripping off Larry Fink yeah. or, like, ripping off Winogrand or something like that. But I'm more worried about, like, accidentally, like, ripping off my friends. So it's, like, <laughs> this endless paranoia, even though, like, so I have that, that, like, endless paranoia. But at the same time, like, I'll turn around and then, like, if someone expresses the same concern to me, I'll be like, no picture is ever the same. Like, there's yeah. no way. Like, you're a different person. Like, mm-hmm. you have your own point of view. So I'll just be this complete hypocrite with that. Idea. Right, right. <laughs> I don't I, I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, like, it's hard. I don't know. It's hard not to. To reference. To reference. Like, you know, the tropes. You know, we love the trope. We love yeah. talking about tropes. All the time, like, everything can, can fall into this. Totally. Some kind of trope or whoever hmm. is what they're doing. Like, I don't know. Well, I think, like, everyone references. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite references are the ones that I have to work really hard for mm-hmm. so um i i don't want to give it away <laughs> but i was looking at a friend's work mm-hmm. and um and then i was reading this moira davy and i noticed the way that moira davy was punctuating and i was like oh i wonder if that's where you know they got uh, this idea to uh, punctuate in this way for you know something like that or you know looking at um I don't know, just like where you kind of get like tiny things from. And mm-hmm. and I like finding those references out in the world as opposed to just knowing them individually. Mm-hmm. But it's, I don't know, I guess we just, I guess I just like pictures. And I think mm-hmm. that it's not just me. I think that we like pictures that make us think yeah, <laughs> really course, hard and ask okay. us to. But I, and I know that sounds kind of basic, mm-hmm. but it's, but it's true, right? It's like, you really want pictures that that reward you for your extended looking or mm-hmm. your extended thinking mm-hmm. on them, mm-hmm. you know, and how. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about like the construct when you're out in the mm-hmm. field? And I think about this when you're in the field, actually construct. This is going to get very nerdy photographer kind of thing. Like <laughs> constructing the image and composing the image. Like when, what Fink's doing. I mean, that's like yeah. your bam and your candid yeah. photography and you don't. Yeah. That's a split second thing. Like you mm-hmm. have to train yourself so much to just kind of like yeah. be there and put the frame around, and know totally. where your edges are, right? Like learning edges. In I always found that was yeah. the most illuminating thing when I was very starting out shooting candidly on the street or whatever. It was like when my Hinchua was on episode one. Is like 
okay, you got the dead center right, but you're not paying any attention whatsoever to the edges of the frame. And, like, that uh-huh. makes the entire yeah. thing, like, when you're paying attention. I was like, totally. oh, and again, this is, like, photo 101, I guess. So, like, pay attention to the edges. But it was, like, from that point, it was like, yeah. all right, work from the edges kind of, like, right. in, right? right, you know? Yeah. And, like, find where you are. But I think, like... Richard Brom also dropped some yeah, knowledge yeah, yeah. on me mm-hmm. once where uh, I was showing him some of my pictures oh. and he's like, oh, I know what your problem is. It's because you're wearing glasses because <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> and, and he's like, you have a problem with the bottom of your frame. You're looking at all the other corners, but the bottom one, and it's because you're wearing glasses. Oh, that's, <laughs> but there is always like in tighter back further, like, you know, I mean, right. stuff like that where you know, it's a split, split second kind of thing. So yeah. I guess in the way I shoot, it doesn't we shoot point shoot of well, nonsense. There isn't much to think about. I think what you're what you're talking about, and and I think this relates to what you just brought up too, is like is just like having an extended relationship with not only your camera as like an object, but as a formal tool of looking, right? right. And knowing how you want to use it, and and as you, you know, kind of do it more and more, right? The only thing that's going to get you anywhere is continuing to practice your yes. craft, right? Yeah. And continuing to photograph. And, mm-hmm. and and as you have a more complicated and nuanced relationship with that tool, mm-hmm. the pictures get more complicated and, and, and nuanced too. Oh, absolutely. I think I'm coming yeah. on 10 years where I've been making pictures and it's still yeah. like I have all these like very, I don't want to say basically, but problems I have. I'm yeah. trying to figure out and solve like totally. structurally, formally, yeah. color and like... Yeah. You get the negatives back, you go through, and it's like, I'm still, you're not, you're missing yeah. something here. You should know better. Like, you got to go back on work. And there's also something you said, I think, a while ago of, like, being, you know, being out in the field and, like, you are, or, or you have these problems in your head and the book will come and, like, that's yeah. the answer to the problem. For me, it's always, like, some of these problems are gnawing at me. And it's like, mm. I can't, I can sit here and think and think and think. Yeah. But until I walk out the door with the camera right. and start making pictures, right. there's where the answers right. will come. Because right. you, you got to make the picture right. and try to make the photo. <laughs> yeah. And there's something about actually making the photo that just slows everything yeah. down and forces you yeah. to go back to what you said. Like, mm-hmm. to look, you mm-hmm. know, and to look with the tool. So I, I just don't think you'll ever, yeah. I don't think... You can any photographer would ever in the right mind say, "Oh, I figured it out." No, no those, are, right? those are like you know? forever problems and exactly, problems that exactly. like propel you to do what you exactly, do. Exactly, exactly. Like there oh, we wouldn't. Yeah. What fun would it be if you ever just like knew totally. how to do it? Yeah, and it wasn't like problems. terrifying to go and do. Like, how am I going to make these pictures? Yeah, how the fuck do I do this? You know, I don't yeah, know. I haven't figured it out. Oh my god, I this is so cheesy, and yeah. I'm I can't believe that I'm going to admit this to the internet machine, but. <laughs> Um, I just heard this really good TED talk, and it was by Sting. Uh, yeah, 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 nice, nice. I'm totally. Uh, uh, oh man, but I just have to get this out there. So, uh, so he had this beautiful. So, like the the guy, whoever does the TED talk, uh-huh. like uh, podcast, was like, "How do you, um, you know? So, how do you do it? Like, how do you like be creative?" And Sting was like, "Oh, I just like." get out of my own way. And he was like, well, like, how do you do that? How do you get out of your own way? And he's like, I just get out of my own way. Like, I just say like, Sting is the problem and he's going away. And like, it's it's just like this great moment where I was like, oh, that makes total sense. Yeah, like there's, there's something that has to happen where you just have to kind of like put your ego aside and you just have to like sidestep it. And then you, as your like creative being, have to just like go and do the thing. Like there's just no excuse 
um, except for doing the thing, right? But we all know that that's, <laughs> that can be really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that what gets us caught up is that, that ego. And so, um, you know, I think he nailed it when he was like, just get out of your own way. Brilliant. It's so brilliant. It is. I think it's a great way to end this episode. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming all this way and like surviving the snowstorm. Totally worth it. (laughs) Thank you. Now we're going to have some delicious Mexican food. Awesome. Until next week. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and lpvshow.com. If you'd like to support the production of the show, this year we are offering a subscription for $20. As a subscriber, you will get exclusive access to our weekly email newsletter, which will contain a bonus conversation about some of the interesting stories we find on the web. Also, at the end of the year, we'll be raffling off three awesome photo books exclusively to our subscribers. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at lpvshow. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and Tom Starkweather. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. Special thanks to Eddie Volante and Brett A. Davis. Thanks for listening. <laughs>